Joshua chapter uh, 1, Joshua chapter 1, and we're going to pick it up in verse number 10 tonight, and we're going to try to uh, complete the rest of the chapter uh, tonight as we are looking at moving forward for the Lord, moving forward by faith. And God has just spoke, just quick uh, update, or excuse me, context, God has spoken to Joshua, God has encouraged Joshua, God has given Joshua, I'm with you. He was constantly abiding. Jesus said, I'm uh, God told Joshua, I'm with you. My promises are still there. Just know and obey my words and you're going to see me bless. Uh, that's basically the uh, quick synopsis, two whole sermons. So I just preached about... Uh, Hour and a half of sermons in about three seconds there, okay? Uh, but that's the synopsis of uh, the first nine verses. God said, I promised you I'm going to deliver you. Obey my words and you're going to see it. Obey my words or you're going to see me work. And so, verse number 10, Then Joshua commanded the officers of the people, saying, Pass through the host and command the people, saying, Prepare you victuals, um, or vittles, for within three days... Ye shall pass over this Jordan to go in to possess the land which the Lord your God giveth you to possess it. And to the Reubenites and to the Gadites and to the half-tribe of Manasseh spake Joshua, saying, Remember the word which Moses the servant of the Lord commanded you, saying, The Lord your God hath given you rest and hath given you this land. Your wives, your little ones, your cattle shall remain in the side which Moses gave you on this side of Jordan, but ye shall pass over before your brethren armed, all the mighty men of valor, and help them. Until the Lord hath have given your brethren rest as he hath given you, and they ha also have possessed the land which the Lord your God giveth them, then shall ye return unto the land of your possession and enjoy it, which Moses the Lord's servant gave you on this side of Jordan towards the sun rising. And they answered Joshua, saying, all, thou, all that thou commandest us, we will do. And whithersoever thou sendest us, we will go. According as we hearkened unto Moses in all things, so will we hearken unto thee. Only the Lord thy God be with thee as he was with Moses, Whatsoever he, whosoever he be that doth rebel, uh, rebel against thy commandment and will not hearken unto thy words and all that thou commandest him, he shall be put to death. Only be strong and of a good courage. Now I'm going to go, I, know who, I don't know who the Reubenites and the Gadites and the half-tribe of Manasseh is, and I'm trying to uh, grasp what's happening here. We would say that this may not be one of the premier texts of the book of Joshua, we're not dealing with Jericho. Uh, we're not dealing with uh, the sun standing still, right? You go, what is going on here? Well, the title tonight with the Lord's help is this, Moving Forward Together. Moving Forward Together with the Lord's help. Let's pray and then we'll get into it. Dear Heavenly Father, we come before you once again and we just thank you for your word. I pray, Lord, that you would guide uh, just my words, my thoughts, that it would be exactly what you are saying to us. Encourage us, challenge us tonight, Lord. I just pray that you would bless, and Lord, that you would speak to us. We need to hear from you tonight. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. The book of Joshua is dealing with the idea of moving forward, of accomplishing what God has for us. And we've um, 
been over this, that they weren't going to receive all that God had for them on this side of Jordan. If they were going to be obedient, where Israel currently was, is they were on the east side of Jordan. Okay, They were in uh, the area there on the east side, on the plains, and they were getting ready. God said, I was given, that was part of the land that God had promised to them, but the rest of the promised land lay on the west side of Jordan, and it was supposed to go all the way to the sea. Um, by the way, that is the land that God has still given his people, despite what our government and what uh, the UN and what everybody else says. That's still the land that God has promised to his people. Um, and God had told Joshua, this is my promises to you. This is what I want you to possess. This is what I'm going to give to you. But you can't enjoy it here. You've got to move forward. And moving forward looks... Um, in our life, we have not been called to conquer cities. We have not been called to physically possess a land, but we have been called to serve the Lord. We have been called to be completely dedicated to the Lord. And um, God wants us to move forward. I was just looking back at some of the first years, uh, the first months even when I was the pastor of Community Baptist Church and we were meeting in the fellowship hall over there during the summer because we, uh, we only had one air conditioner and we met over there. And I still remember the first Sunday, the first Sunday where we had more than 10 people. Okay? And some of those people that were there have passed away. Sorry, hit the mic there. Um, other people have had to move and retire from the area. But we have more people here tonight than we did on a lot of Sunday mornings our, my first year as the pastor. Praise God for that. It's not just that attendance or a numbers means that we're, that we're progressing and moving forward, but it means this. There's, so, there's people in here who've gotten saved here at Community Baptist Church. There's people in here who, um, under the preaching of God's Word, and God is uh, working in your hearts, I pray, and that God is using uh, Community Baptist Church to draw you closer to the Lord so that we can serve the Lord together. That's what moving forward looks like. You can say, I can look at my life and... Uh, a year ago, six months ago, um, I wasn't reading my Bible faithfully, and now I am. I wasn't participating in missions, and now I am. I wasn't faithfully attending church. Now I am, okay? That's what God wants to do in our life. The plan of God is to transform us into the image of His Son. Um, moving forward for the Lord is not just some ambiguous, well, if we just have more... No, no it's not in those measurements, but it is being obedient to what God has called you. If you are being more obedient to God today than you were last week, you're moving forward for the Lord. If you're being more obedient and you're, there's more area of your life that is surrendered to His control, you are moving forward for the Lord. That's what God wants to do in our life. Moving forward must be done on purpose. You don't draw closer to the Lord without putting time in. You don't draw closer to the Lord without being in church, without being in your Bible, without being in prayer. You're not, that's not going to happen. Uh, you, uh, we move forward as we obey His Word. And just a reminder from last week's message, obedience is success. Biblical success is not a destination. It is part of the journey. 
We can't look at it and say, hey, when we're running 50 people on Sunday morning, that's biblical success. No, it's not. If we're being obedient to God today, that's biblical success. And if God gives us 100 people on a Sunday morning down the road, as long as we're still being obedient to God, that is biblical success. If we have 150 people in the place packed out, but we've stopped obeying God and stopped doing it His way, God's not within 100,000 miles of it. God is not blessing it whatsoever. But when we simply do things God's way, we can enjoy God's blessings each step of the way. But moving forward doesn't happen by accident. You don't just go, man, I would like to grow in the Lord. Poof, it goes. No, no, no. We know this from the, from the planting and from uh, the, the principles that we even see in nature that things take time. There has to be preparation. If you're going to have a good harvest, you've got to break up the soil. There's preparation that needs to go into place. If you've ever tried to do a construction project, if you've just said, oh, this seems like a good idea, let's start ripping this wall down without thinking about what's going on and without putting some, you're going to end up in a big mess. And so really what is taking place here in our text this, more, uh, this evening is Joshua is saying, this is what God wants us to do. Let's get ready to accomplish that. So he goes, um, he, Joshua has just spent time receiving confirmation from the Lord, receiving the promises of God. God has said, Joshua, I'm with you just like I was with Moses. You don't need to be afraid. You don't need to be fearful. My promises are still good. My power can still work. Even though it's a new generation, even though it's a new time, I can still work in your life. And he, Joshua had been, received the commands of God. By the way, Joshua wasn't just winging this. Okay, um, he, he had received the commands of God. He was following the Lord. And God had said, it's time to move forward. You've dwelt on this side of Jordan long enough. Let's get going. Now, what we need to have a little bit of explanation about who the Reubenites, the Gadites, and the half-tribe of Manasseh was. Okay, These were of the people of God. There was the 12 tribes of Israel. Reuben was the oldest, right? Then there was Levi, Simeon, Issachar, um, Naphtali, uh, Judah, all the, Benjamin. There was the two sons of Joseph, uh, Ephraim and Manasseh. That was one of them there. Manasseh there. There was Gad. There was the, and I know I'm forgetting one or two, but there, okay, there was the 12 sons of Jacob that made up the 12 tribes of Israel. And as they were journeying uh, through the wilderness for the 40 years because they had disobeyed God, because they had not believed God, they didn't get to go into the promised land under Moses, they had to wander for 40 years until the first generation died off, and then God said, now you can go into the promised land. But part of, um, as they were journeying, they encountered some enemies on the east side of Jordan. In the Psalms and in, the, in your Bible reading, you will come across these names. Og, the king of Bashan, right? And uh, there was a uh, Og, and I have it in my notes here. I'm going to get there in just a second. The, the, other, uh, the other king that was there, Zion. Og and Zion, who was the other kings there, they say that Og's bed was 13 feet long. Uh, actually in the Bible, so you can imagine uh, he was a little taller than Pastor. Um, this was, these were some giants, these were some major enemies, and they attacked the people of God. And Joshua, at that time, was not the leader of the Israel, he was the general. 
And so he led Israel into battle against these and against these enemies of God's people in obedience, and God gave them the victory and they wiped them out. And so this land was now sitting vacant. And Reuben and Gad, their leaders, and the half of the tribe of Manasseh looked at this land and said, This is good ranching land. This is really good land for cattle. Moses, let this be our inheritance. We're good here. We like this land. And so God had, uh, Moses had prayed about it. God had given leadership and said, yes, you guys can have this land. And so they were able to take, begin taking up possession there on the east side of Jordan. But the rest of Israel had to be ready to go across. The rest of Israel had to enjoy that land. If you're going to enjoy God's best, you've got to keep moving forward. It's, sometimes it's easy to get to a place and say, man, this is pretty good. I, I, I'm reading my Bible, I'm coming to church, and you can become satisfied with where you are and not realize all that God has for you. Okay, um, A pastor friend told the story about taking his family to the White Sand Dune Park that's in Southern California where there's just, um, it looks a little bit almost like the Sahara Desert. There's just sand everywhere in, in, in a desert form. But if you drive onto the, the park there, as he was telling the story, you're going to see patches of sand. And what was, they, as they drove in, they looked at it and they said, is that it? That's not the pictures I remember. I, man, you talk about false advertising. That, you know, and we've all been to the place where it's the tourist trap where they advertise this and this, and there's just uh, the one little kiddie pool with the splat, you know, whatever it happens to be. But they kind of got it out of the car. We're looking at this, and what, somebody was coming back from the other direction and said, What are you doing here? You got to go three or four more miles. You got, you got to go a little bit farther, then you're going to see it. Don't stop here. This is just nothing. No, the, the, the big thing that you want to see is down the road. God was telling His people, hey, what you want to enjoy, what you need, it's not here. You need to keep pressing forward. You need to enjoy that. And Joshua took some time to make sure the people were prepared to move forward. He said, all right, we're getting ready to move. Cook you some food, okay? If you ever tried to cook while you're hiking, that's not a really good idea. Uh, and so he said, prepare the food. Uh, make, your, make your peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. Uh, get your food ready to go. Let's get packed up. Let's get your uh, houses put in order. If you've ever gone camping, um, you need, it takes some time to shake your equipment out. And then if you're getting ready to pack up again, it takes a little bit of time to get everything back in its place. It's not going to happen overnight. And so he says, uh, you need to, uh, we're moving out in three days. You need to get ready to go. Uh, let's prepare to move forward. And then he goes over and talks to the two and a half tribes. Okay, you could read about it in Numbers chapter 23. And there's a lot of commentators, if, and this is why I, why I encourage you, be very careful reading what other people say about the Bible. 
Let the Bible be your commentate, uh, be your best, the Bible is your best commentary. Because there's a lot of people who say, man, these two and a half tribes, they were settling for less than God's best. Okay? They were, they were settling on the east side of Jordan. They really should have gone on the other side of Jordan. They were kind of compromising and settling halfway. The only problem with that is, God had promised that the promised land was going to be from the Mediterranean all the way to the Euphrates River. And so this was part of the land that God had promised them. Okay? This wasn't them saying, no, I, I'm, just, I'm good here. This, they, this was part of the land that God had promised to Abraham, to Moses, and to Joshua. Also this, they had sought the leadership of Moses. They had gotten permission from God, and they, God said, yes, you can possess this land so long as when the rest of Israel enters the promised land, you participate. Okay, God had told them, a condition of you receiving land and your possession now on the east side of Jordan is that when Israel crosses Jordan, you're going to send your armies along. You're going to send your soldiers along to participate and help them conquer their land. Their armies helped you conquer this land. You need to participate and help them conquer that land. Um, it's part of your responsibility to participate and help. Now, they had already received their possession. They're setting up house. They're, they're ranging their cattle there. They're establishing. They're sitting down in the land. They're um, uh, picking out their houses and settling up um, their inheritance and saying, this is my land, and staking out their claim, so to speak, God, that God would give them. And they were setting up, and the other tribes were still in their tents. The other tribes were just watching this going on. Um, but there was still battles to be fought. There was still an effort that required unity. Is, is everybody following along? If, if they were going to do that. Okay, they couldn't just say, look, sit back and go, wow, you guys have fun over there. Tell us how Jericho goes. There was a lot of fighting that was going to take place, and God had told them, if you're going to have this land, you still need to participate in the battles that are taking place on the other side of Jordan. This is Joshua's first time to give commands as the new leaders of Israel. As the new leader of Israel, right? Moses has just passed off the scene. He is stepping into the biggest shoes he could possibly imagine. Do you think Joshua was just a little bit nervous? Um, okay, he, he, his, his stripes on his sleeve, the thread was still visible where he had sewed it on, you know, so to speak, right? He was uh, the newly minted. Now, it wasn't that he was just a young whippersnapper and inexperienced. He was already Israel's general. He was one of the two men that were the oldest in all of Israel. Everyone else at the oldest was 60. Joshua was 80 years old. And so he had walked with Moses, but here he is giving his first commands you guys need to do what I say because I'm giving you the commands from God. He, he, was, he wasn't being um, arrogant or braggadocious. He was just saying, this is what needs to happen. And the people responded with complete obedience. Right? They said, as we obeyed Moses, we're going to obey you. Now, in my mind, Joshua heard that and his heart trembled just a little bit. 
Because uh, if you've read through the book of Numbers, if you've read through some of the Old Testament, did the nation of Israel obey Moses all that well? They complained. They murmured against Moses. They gave Moses all kinds of heartaches. They drove Moses to the point of insanity. And here they're going, Joshua, we're going to obey you just like we obeyed Moses. Ah! Can we do it a little better than that, please? But they were meaning it in a good way, right? They're saying, listen, we're going to treat you with the same respect that Moses deserved. You are God's man. We're going to follow you the way that God has commanded, all right? They're telling Joshua this, we're with you. You give us the commands, we're going to obey. What did they say there? All that thou commandest us, we will do. Whithersoever thou sendest us, we will go. They said, yes, sir. What's your commands? We're ready to follow. Wherever you need us, that's where we are. And, and they promised this. Those who rebelled against Joshua are going to be put to death. You go, ouch. That, that's pretty, well, wait a second. They understood this. If Joshua was giving us the commands of God, someone who's caused, going their own way and causing a big stink isn't rebelling against Joshua. They're rebelling against God. They're going to hinder us from doing what God has called us to do. That changes the perspective just a little bit. They said, we understand that this is a serious matter. We understand that we're not just here playing games, but um, we're here to serve the Lord. And, they, and then they said this, Joshua, you just be strong and courageous. You just make sure that you're following God. If you follow God and have God's presence like Moses had God's presence, everything's going to be a-okay. So long as you're following God, we're with you, and we're going to see God do great things. Joshua, don't look back. Don't worry about us. We're going to be behind you. We're going to follow you. Let's go. You're talking about encouragement to a young leader. You talk about a, a, a boost of zeal to Joshua saying, okay, this sounds good. Could you imagine the excitement that was reverberating through the camp? We're getting ready to go. We're all on board here. If the nation of Israel was going to be prepared to move forward, if they were going to possess the promised land that God had for them, they had to courageously and collectively follow God's word and follow God's man. Right? If they were going to possess the promised land, they had to courageously or with courage, with zeal, with dedication, they had to follow God's word and they had to follow God's man. As Israel moved forward, they were going to, chase, they were going to have to cross the Jordan River. We haven't even gotten to that yet. Okay? Just Jordan River alone was going to be a tremendous obstacle because the Jordan River was in flood stage. It was, in a, it, was in, it was in an impassable state when God said to move forward. When God says to move forward, it's not when it's the easiest or the uh, most convenient time, but it's the time to be obedient. And they said, it doesn't matter what the conditions are, we're going to follow you. There was going to be many obstacles they had no idea that lay ahead. But they said, we know this, we're going to see God work if we collectively and courageously follow God's word and follow God's man. Okay, now, we are not the nation of Israel. The church has not replaced Israel. God still has his promises to the nation of Israel. 
But there is the correlation that like Israel, we are God's people. We have been called by God to serve God. We have the commands that God has given us. We are not the nation of Israel. We are Community Baptist Church. But we have been called by God to fulfill the purposes of God, which is namely to take the gospel to those in the world around us and to teach believers all things whatsoever I've commanded. The, the mission that Jesus Christ has given his church falls into two categories. Okay, Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. What is that? That's evangelism. That's teaching, the idea of teaching there is to make disciples, is to give the gospel so that people can get saved. The purpose, the, the mission that God has given us is twofold. Number one, it's evangelism. Number two, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. Okay, that's edification. That is a building up in the truth and following Jesus Christ. The mission that God has given us is reaching those around us, and following Jesus ever closer. Evangelism and edification. God didn't give us the book of Joshua so pastor could hand out a Bible reading calendar every year and, uh, or to have a, uh, lessons to teach in Sunday school to the children. God wants us to learn from this history principles about what it means to follow Him. Can I tell you, Community Baptist Church can move forward we can see God's blessings. We can see God work when we courageously, diligently, with zeal, and collectively follow God's word and follow God's man. Right? Is that not the principle that is there in the text? That if we're going to move forward, we have to follow God's word and we have to follow God's man. What, is, what does that look like? Okay, Moving forward together is going to require unity to complete God's mission. All right, Moving forward is going to require unity to complete God's mission. Okay, just uh, a couple points of application. I still have more notes than I started with, but uh, let's get to the preaching here. Okay? We know that there are the Reubenites and the Gadites, and we understand that, but sometimes that can get a little bit uh, distant in our brain. That's great. You guys had spears and swords. What am I supposed... Well, if we're going to move forward for the Lord, it requires a total group effort. There must be unity for the mission that God has called us to do. Moving forward as a church is not something that pastor's supposed to do all by himself. And everybody else, watch pastor jump around like a marionette. Uh, nor is it supposed to be just for certain uh, super spiritual people. But if we're going to see God work here at Community Baptist Church, if we're going to see God's blessings work, it's going to come as we unify together for what God has called us to do when, there, when we follow uh, and collectively God's word and the leadership that God has placed at Community Baptist Church, we're going to get there in just a second. But first, there needs to be unity. There needs to be a group effort. The two and a half tribes were already in their land. But they needed to help the rest of the nation so they could enjoy their land. 
They needed to participate in a joint responsibility of accomplishing what God had called that nation to do. When I was a little boy, we had to clean up our room. And here was the famous phrase that we like to do. Mom, I picked up all my stuff already. Okay, I, we, there was uh, three or four of us boys living in the room at, the, at one time. Like, Mom, I already picked up my stuff. And in my mind, what I was saying is, that meant I didn't have to help the little boys pick up the rest of the junk. I picked up my things and all the dirt on the floor and all the other things. They could handle that on their own. I already did my part. Have fun. And my parents wisely told me, that's not how it works, bud. You got to help till it's finished because you live in that room. You have a joint responsibility in what's going on. You all need to participate until it's done. Applies to church too. As a church, we've been called to reach the world with the gospel of Jesus Christ, right? We've been called to evangelize. The mission of Jesus' church is taking the gospel to those who have not heard. Aren't you glad that someone brought the gospel to you? A church that is not fulfilling the Great Commission has ceased to fulfill its God-given responsibility. A church that is not involved in reaching those across the street and those around the world have ceased to fulfill God's mission. One of the ways we do that is through missions giving. But missions giving is not just for those who can. It's not just certain rich people who are making it. We're supporting seven missionaries now at $100 a month. $700 a month. We just signed the checks this morning and we'll go out on Monday. That doesn't happen because there's one person writing a check for $600 and everybody else, no, if it's going to work and we're going to see it grow, there needs to be complete participation. Someone says, Pastor, I can't do $100 a month. Well, God's not asking you to do what you can't do. God is asking you to participate as God has called you to, as, as God has led you to. But if we're going to do that when there's total involvement, we can accomplish so much more. The witnessing and the visitation of Community Baptist Church cannot be accomplished by pastor alone. I go out, I put out door hangers, I, I try to get uh, multiple hours a week out doing that. Sometimes uh, the weather and other things, uh, sometimes visiting people, sometimes my visitation happens mostly as I'm visiting people in the hospital or uh, doing discipleship, some of that. But uh, I still try to go out and invite people. There's many people even in this room, someone stopped by your door and left a track. You know who it was? It was pastor or pastor's wife. Pastor can't do it alone. There needs to be, God hasn't called pastor to reach the world. God has called his church to do the, fulfill the Great Commission. Can I, and some people say, pastor, I just can't walk a mile and a half. But there's people on your street who you can give a gospel track to. There's people you work with that you can invite to church. One thing that has thrilled my heart over the last couple, last couple months and weeks is I've seen people coming to church who got invited by someone else in the church. 
Hey, that's how church is supposed to work, is you get to invite people that I would never normally get to meet. But as we work together, we can accomplish what God has called us to do. There are tracts to be distributed. There are people to be invited. There are people that need the gospel. And if it's going to happen, there must be unity. There must be total involvement. Okay, How about this? The church services. If the church services are going to bring glory to God, there needs to be total involvement. It's not just on pastor. Okay, now... I am pastor, I am to lead the services. Right now I'm the song leader, the preacher, and a couple other things. And, uh, but when you participate in the singing, and you sing from your heart to the Lord, you are participating in the praise and worship that God deserves from this church. It's not just supposed to be pastor having a good time. Hey, I had a good time singing the songs tonight. It was a blessing and encouragement to my heart. But it's not just about me having a good time. It's as we sing together, you say, Pastor, I can't hold a a tune in a bucket. God says, make a joyful noise to the Lord. Okay? You say, I don't want anybody else to hear me sing. God gave you that voice. You can work on it. You can practice some of the hymns at home. But there is to be total involvement. Could you imagine what would happen if a visitor came in and they saw everyone singing from their heart to the Lord? It's going to have an effect on them. Wow, these people are serious about it. But it's not just in the singing. It's not just in the giving. it's It's in the preaching of God's Word. Okay, If during the preaching of God's Word you're there on your phone... I hope you're not checking your Facebook status or what, okay? Um, I'm not accusing anybody of anything. Please, know my heart, okay? Uh, I'm not accusing anyone of anything. I don't, there's not something I know about that's going on, okay? But if if someone comes in, they look over and someone's nodding off to sleep, and it's better to sleep in church than anywhere else, okay? I know sometimes you come from work and you're exhausted. Hey, it's better to be at church than at home. But are you participating in the service? During the preaching, are you paying attention? Okay, and one of the greatest ways you can participate in the service, the God-given way to participate in the service is when God speaks to your heart, when you, when you understand that this is exactly what God's saying and you're in agreement in it with it, the biblical response is to say, Amen. It's to say, that's saying, I agree with that. Let it be so. That is a biblical response. And when People, a visitor come in. The Bible talks about this in 1 Corinthians chapter 14. When a visitor comes in and sees other saints in agreement with the preaching, you get to participate in the Word of God speaking to their heart. Brother Sam uh, loves to tell the story. Um, Yes, he grew up in Oklahoma, and yes, he's preaching in the South, but when he first started preaching at Southwest Baptist Church, when he became the pastor in 1990, that church did not say amen. They had been taught by their pastor before them, uh, we don't want to participate in the craziness, because there are people that get crazy and uh, even run laps. Okay, we're not Pentecostal. We're not, it's not about creating an emotional high. But he began teaching them, no, 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 it's biblical, and you get to participate in the service and participate in the preaching by saying Amen. 
And as people begin to get on board with that, and people begin to assent to the preaching, and they begin to participate that way, it wasn't too long before a lady came. And she walked the aisle and trusted Christ. And there were other people getting saved, and the Southwest was a large, vibrant church, still is to this day. But her testimony was this, Pastor, you were preaching and it was speaking to my heart. And then every time someone said amen, it just drove it in further. It just, it, it, it made it say, wow, not only does he believe it, they believe it, and they're in agreement with it. And it just drove it in harder and drove it in harder until I could not but just submit to the word of God and I got saved. And Brother Sam, uh, when he baptized her, gave that testimony to the church saying, listen, this is God's plan. And I'm not asking for people to stand up and scream amen during, okay? But when, when, um, when, um, and I'm thankful as I'm preaching, I can see people, when I look out, I see eye contact and I see people nodding ahead. Okay, that's agreement too. That is participating in the service. Uh, uh, but saying amen and being there, that is part of collectively participating in the communicating of God's word, both to our own hearts and to those who visit. You participate by being in your place. That's part of the participation in the church. It's kind of hard to participate when you're not here. All right? And that's, that's part of God's plan. Uh, you participate by bringing people to hear the gospel. Okay? So not only do we, are we to participate in the missions, of the, in the evangelism, we're to participate in the services. How about this? We need to participate in holiness. We need to participate in a dedication to the things of God. The idea of living for the Lord and being dedicated to holiness and dedicated to following the Lord is not just for pastor and his family. It's for every disciple of Jesus Christ. We've been called to holiness. Be a member. Be a member that participates. Okay? There's many ways to participate. Um, in order to participate in, um, in order to participate in serving in the nursery or serving in certain ways, singing, uh, singing a special in the church, something like that, you need to be a member of the church. Uh, okay, uh, that is the biblical pattern. They were s gladly received the word. They were baptized, and the same day they were added to the church. Uh, Acts chapter two. That's uh, the the example that is set. But there's so many things that everyone can participate in. There's a need for a sound person. Here's the sound person right now. I move my mic up and down if it gets too loud. Okay? Someone could say, I, 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 need, I want to help with that. Well, you remember? Well, then we'll talk about it. I'll, I can give you some training and we can, we can participate. Um, I, I praise the Lord for each lady who helps Miss Jessie in the nursery. We need to pray for some more kids. Now we need more help in the nursery. Um, there's need help, guard, there's projects, there's things going on at the church. There's, okay, but it's not just to beautify the church, it is to accomplish the mission of the church. You know why we want the church to look good on the outside and the inside? Because we want to be a good testimony so people can hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. Uh, we want to uh, maintain a good testimony that way. And it is amazing what would happen if everyone did what they could. It's not required of everyone to do everything. 
But if we're going to move forward as a church, it's going to require participation. It's going to require everyone getting involved. Number two. Okay, that was the first point. Number two. It's going to require trust and submission to the leadership God has set up. If we're going to move forward, it's going to require trust and submission to the leadership God has set up. Now, this is not allowance for a pastor to be a dictator. Okay, this is uh, God's plan for leadership in his church is that of a pastor. The pastor is to be the under shepherd. Jesus is the chief shepherd. The pastor is to be the under shepherd that follows Jesus Christ. And by the way, if I get off track and I start preaching things that are not in the Bible and it's your responsibility to match it up that what I'm saying comes from the Bible, if I start going my own way, it's the responsibility of this church to remove me from the pulpit. Okay, this isn't my church. This is his church. And we are to follow follow him. But how God has set up leadership is God has ordained the office of pastor and the office of deacon. We don't have multiple elders. Okay, there's to be the office of pastor. And the office of deacon is someone who's qualified, almost the same qualifications as a pastor. But the idea of a deacon is a servant, someone who doesn't rule the church. The idea of a deacon board running the church is nowhere found in the Bible. Um, Rather, the deacons are to serve so the pastor can dedicate himself to the preaching and prayer. Uh, That's the example set in the book of Acts. But if we're going to serve the Lord together, it's going to require following the leadership that God has set. One of the ways you can do that is pray for your pastor. Because I don't have all the wisdom I don't have all the understanding. God does. And so we need to pray for, God, uh, for God's leadership and for God's direction and for God's enablement. But if you want to participate and you want to move forward, it's going to require, I'm not trying to set myself up as some great person here, but it's going to, this is God's order that we, require, that we follow the leadership that God has set. If you've got a problem, come talk to me. Don't start talking about it among everybody. I'm not saying I know something that's going on whatsoever. I'm just trying to establish the biblical principles here. Nothing can destroy a church quicker than a lack of unity. And when people start doing their own things, I really think pastor's just stepping out over here. Wait a second, is it Bible? And if you got a problem, the Bible says you need to talk one-on-one with it. Not post it on Facebook, not go, okay, I, I, and, right? It requires, let's follow. Not only does everyone need to be involved, it really helps when we're all heading the same direction. Everybody going their own direction is chaos. Well, I think this would be a good idea. I think this would be a good idea. Wait a second. Let's... Follow the leadership. Let's be uh, because our mission is what God has given us, and God has placed me here as the pastor of Community Baptist Church by the grace of God, and I'm thankful for the privilege of being here. But let's follow the Lord. Moving forward together requires unity if we're going to complete God's mission. Lastly, and then we're done. Moving forward is going to require perseverance until the victory is achieved. Isn't that, isn't that what he told him? He's like, you need to stay with us. You need to fight the battles until the battles are won. And then you go home and take care of your family and enjoy the land. You don't get to enjoy your land until they do. Is, is basically what Joshua told them. Here's the principle. There needs to be commitment 
as long as the battle lasts. What happens when you stop weeding your garden? It may look perfect right now. But if you say, oh, I'm good, I don't need to do any more maintenance on it. It's only a matter of time until all the weeds come back. You, don't, you know what you need to do to have a garden that's full of weeds? Nothing. That's all, that's all you have to do is nothing. And, it'll, it'll, and it'll, it'll come right on its own. If we're going to see God work, we have to be purposeful. We have to be dedicated to doing that. When you stop, progress is lost. When you stop serving the Lord. Okay? There's not a break for the Christian until we reach heaven. There's not going to be a time where you can say, I've arrived, I've now reached super Christian status. You get there, you just lost. Because it's all focused on me instead of focus on the Lord. Okay, there can be victory. There can be blessings on this, on this earth. We can see God work. You know, I'm praying that in the next couple years we're not going to be saying we're, we're still on missionary support and Community Baptist Church is still struggling for survival. I'm praying that in the very new, near future we can say, look, look what God has done at Community Baptist Church. We're paying all of our own bills. We're giving more to missions than has ever come in. We're, uh, that would be exciting, but then we don't stop there. We need to continue. If we're going to move forward, we've got to collectively and courageously follow God's word, follow God's man. God will give the victory. When we get to Jericho, God will give the leadership that we need for Jericho. When we get to the Jordan River, God will give us, okay, um, when we need to move forward, God will direct. I remember, okay, quick story. I remember I was preaching actually through the book of Joshua just that, that first summer when I was the pastor, and I was, we were voting to purchase this building. And I was, uh, we were talking, to, I was actually at the section on the Jordan River, and I was going, I don't know uh, what the future holds. I don't know what's going to happen. And right at that moment, the corner over here started leaking. It was pouring rain outside, and we heard drip, pat. We had an aluminum tray under there. It was like, pat, pat, pat. I'm like, well, there's a perfect illustration. How are we going to fix the roof? I don't know roofs, but the, and the Lord uh, sent uh, a man who uh, works uh, as a roofer. He works there at the, um, is a member at the Spanish church there at Open Door. And he came out and uh, he's coming back out. We've had a couple more problems and he's going to fix it, uh, fix the other part, replace that part of the roof actually for us. But I was like, I have no idea. I didn't even know, have his number at the time. But God has given direction. We don't know what the future holds. But God doesn't want us just to say, okay, so long as we're holding services, everything. No, no, no. There should be a passion and a desire in our heart. Let's move forward. Let's grow in the Lord. Let's see more people come to Jesus Christ. We want more people to hear the gospel. And that's going to happen when we collectively and courageously, pastors included in this, follow God's word. Follow God's direction. And when there's unity... In following God's word, there's going to be progress. And we're going to see God move. Here's the question. Are you participating? Or are you just enjoying the view?
God wants collective involvement. Dear Heavenly Father, we come before you tonight, and I just pray that you would encourage our hearts, Lord, that you would help us. Lord, I, I just pray that we would see you work incredible miracles here at Community Baptist Church. As we simply serve you, I pray that you would bless. In Jesus' name we pray. We'll take a moment. If the Lord has spoken to your heart and you need to speak to the Lord, I, I never want to have a service without the opportunity for you to do some business with the Lord. So let's take a moment.